0: All right, you guys can go have a seat. <laughs> um, I, how many of you in the room, just a quick survey, um, how many of you love Christmas? By a round of applause, if you love Christmas, clap. Okay. Oh, we know Sheila Benson. If you know Sheila Benson, I'm gonna tell a secret about Sheila Benson and her family. I think she still does this. I think she starts decorating her house for Christmas like in September or October, something like that, maybe. All right, she won't confess. Um, How many of you are Disney, uh, are you guys our Disney Christmas people in the room? Any Disney Christmas people here? No? Good, yes. Boo. All right. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not a Christmas guy. I am not a fan, I am not a fan. The the hum, I get a hum every Christmas. Um, The hum is just like that little feeling in the pit of your stomach like, I'm forgetting something, I gotta go do something, I gotta go spend money. Like, it's the thing that I'm like, oh my gosh, like what do I get my mom, what do I get my dad? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just spent $500 on a coach purse. What is going on with me? No, I didn't, I promise I didn't do that. Um, That was just a joke. I, I, I am not a, a Christmas um, person, I'm a New Year's type of guy, like, you can find me, if we had a New Year's service, you would have me in a tuxedo, I would be up here, we'd be throwing t-shirts, there'd be like, you know, confetti, Pastor Todd Schreiner would be coming down from the ceiling, I love, I love, I'm, I'm picking on Pastor Todd Schreiner because he was picking on me last Sunday. He made a jerk joke during the service, and so I'm getting him back now. I, I'm a New Year's type of guy because there's something about, like, a new, a, new, a new year, a clean slate. Like, I can start over. Whatever happened in the past is in the past. I don't have to think about it, right? Like, you can start fresh because it's a new year on day one. But, um, but there is – I do love – so I'm not, like, a Debbie Downer. I do love um, Christmas for, for this reason, um, for, for this reason alone, um, it's it's and it's cheesy because it's like, you're gonna think it's cheesy because you're like, obviously you work at the church. You're supposed to love Christmas, right? Um, one of the reasons why I love Christmas because it is a reminder to me um, of how much I need Jesus. Like it's a reminder to me that when I look back at the last 11 months, right, I can point to moments in the 11 months that I'm like, Ooh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Um, I can look back to the 11 months and, and say, man, that was a tough week. That was a tough month for me. In fact, I can look back in my life. How many of you in this room can look back in your life and you can say, man, that was, that was rough. Like that year was a bad year for me. Um, this year is a bad year for our family. And, and then you get to Christmas, right? And then, you tend to forget about all the bad things that have happened in the last year like you're focused on family like we're going to cook the dinner and we have to travel to the four places because that makes sense we'll we'll travel to four houses to have christmas dinner and then hand out all the gifts and then do it again on the next day or the next week because you know that's what we do right but but the beauty of like the beauty of christmas It's a humbling reminder that you and me, look at me, you and me were in desperate need of someone better than us. Like you and me were desperate, desperately in need of hope, joy, peace, patience. And you and I in no way, shape or form could obtain it. And in a more practical sense, the beauty about Christmas is also not a reminder of just of birth. Like it's just not a baby. It's not like, oh, look how cute Jesus is. No, it's like, this is the God who sat on his throne, who spoke the world into existence. He put the stars in the sky, the planets in their place, the galaxies in their form, and this is the God that says, I'm going to come down to the very people who hate me, who despise me, who reject me, who are sinful. The very people who have decided in their sin to say no to me are the people that I'm going to draw near to. Think about that. Think about among the chaos of this world. Like look at the world that we live in. I've been saying this for weeks because I keep watching the news and I need to stop because like, it's like, it's like you watch the news. Like, I just wanna know what's going on. And then you walk away after 30 minutes. And you're like, I have anxiety. Like I need, I need ibuprofen because I'm stressed out because things are getting out of hand. Aren't they not? Tell me I'm crazy, please. But like, nod with me if you, if you think I'm right. Like, like you watch the world and it's like how one day you're watching tv you're watching the news and you're like this is bad it can't get worse than this just wait the next day and you're like it just got worse right i look at this world when i was a kid i was really excited about like i was really excited growing up as a kid about getting my driver's license. I was like, oh, I just can't When I was a teenager, I just can't wait to be an adult because I'm going to drive because mom and dad are not going to tell me what to do. Nowadays, I'm just like, I don't want to drive. I want somebody to drive me. Like I, right? When you're younger, you don't have like perspective on the world and what's happening. You tend to just focus on yourself, right? You tend to focus on like your issue and what's going on. And then as you get older, you're like, you know, when I was younger, I was like, I want to go to college, I want to party, I want to live it up, I, I want to sleep late, like, I want to go to bed at 2 or 3 in the morning, wake up at 12 and do whatever I want. Nowadays, I'm just like, I want to be in bed by 8.30. No one call me or text me because it's going to throw me off. Like, am, am I the only one? Like, I'm the guy that's like, oh, dinner is at 3? This is great. I'm, I'm excited, right? I mean, I'm just, like, the older you get, you get perspective, because you're just like, the things that you put your hope in, the things that you made you excited about things, like, become less significant. And what I want to do this evening, in a short time, I promise I'll get you out before eight. That was a joke. Listen, when I do jokes here, this is the way it works. I do a joke, and you laugh hysterically, because I, this is comedy hour, I get, One time a week, everyone's attention, and if you know me, I love attention. Um, So like, you gotta laugh. No, no, Um, what I want to draw our attention for a short time um, is I just wanna provide you some, some perspective. Like, I imagine that many people in this room, many people in this room, if not everyone, can look back in the last year, can look back over the years, and can point to moments, seasons, times where life has been difficult. And I imagine there are people in this room, right? Like the marriage isn't great right now. The finances aren't, aren't great right now. Um, the kids are driving you up the wall and you're about to commit yourself to an institution because you're going crazy with them. They're teenage girls who are driving you insane, right? Like I'm sure you can look back and say, man, life has been tough. But I wanna provide you some perspective from the Christmas story. This is um, Joseph's story. If you wanna do me, a favor, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter one, you don't have to open up your Bibles there. Um, The Bible verses will be on the screen. And if you want to open up your Bible, um, there's a Bible in the pew back in front of you. You can turn to page 807, and I'm just gonna read you a Christmas story. If you just want to listen, you can. If you want to read it, you can look at the screen. Um, this is the Christmas story. This is Joseph's story. If you know um, Joseph's story, this is how it goes. I'm gonna give you a summation of what's gonna happen right now. Um, Joseph wants to marry Mary. Did I say that right? Joseph wants to marry Mary. And here's what happened. Mary's pregnant, and he ain't the daddy. Um, so, so what's going to happen? Joseph is gonna want to divorce her. Um, but an angel appears to him and has a different message, actually a different task, an assignment for him, and, and this is what happens. Look at me, look at verse 18, really briefly. And now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been patrolled to Joseph, before they came together she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit, and her husband Joseph, being a just man, His task is to marry a woman who's pregnant, not with his kid, and the task is you're going to marry her, and not only are you going to marry her, you don't get to choose the name. The name has already been picked, and this is the name, it's Jesus. What does Jesus mean? Jesus um, is a name that means God saves, or the God that saves. So that's his name. So the angel says, his name is going to be Jesus, the God that saves, or God saves. And then, look with me there, verse 21 again. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He's not going to save them from the Roman Empire. He's not actually going to save them from the anxiety, the fear of the people. He's not going to save them from, from the wickedness of the world. Um, he, he's going to save them from what? Their sin. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. So now he's going to quote a prophet, Isaiah, from the Old Testament. This is a fulfillment. Now he's going to say, this is, this is what's going to happen. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And check this out. This is weird. And they, who's the they? Who's the they? Or Who's they, right? Did I say it right? Sorry, I wasn't an English major. Um, who's they? They shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Wait a minute. He has a name. The angel told Joseph what the name is. It's Jesus. Who? Who's the angel now talking about? The Who's they? Who? Who's going to call him Emmanuel, God with us? I want you to see two things. I want you to see the name of Jesus in the fact that Jesus, his name means the God who saves. That's what Mary and Joseph are going to call him. That's what we call him. That's what he's going to do for us. But notice what the verse says. They are going to call him God with us. Here's what makes Christianity, what makes us very different from every single belief system, from everything that the world says, from everything that our culture teaches us, is, is that we serve a God, we believe in a God who's not distant, who's not far away. We don't serve a God, we don't talk about a God who, who, who did something in the past, who, who sits on a throne, who created the universe and stood back from his creation and decided that he wasn't gonna be invested anymore. It wasn't like, like he created us, we bear his image, we sinned, separated ourselves from him, and he was like, you know what? forget you guys, I'm not gonna have anything to do with you. No, no, no. that's not what the prophet is saying. That's not what the the point of the story is. What, What are they saying? They're saying that we serve a God who's with us. Think about that. The creator of the universe is with us and you might be saying to yourself well no 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 it was back then he was alive back then no 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 you have to understand this like like God with us means not only he was there back then but he's here with us now like you're not alone in this world And when you think about the darkness, when you think about this world, surely you have to observe with your own eyes and your own heart that the world is wicked and evil and bad and nothing good comes from the world. Look at our culture. Look what our world is doing to our children. Look at the messages that they're telling us through through TV and music and movies, right? And I'm not saying those things are bad. What I'm saying is what is the message? The message is that you yourself are your own God. You yourself can delight and, in your own sin. You yourself are, are what's good and it's right, and you don't need anyone to help you. What the world and our culture is saying is sin is okay. Live your best life now. And the truth is, what we've been singing about, what we've been talking about, is that we live in a dark world. But there's hope like we serve a God who dwells among the people who walk in the darkness. And while the rest of the world is looking for their God, through sex and media or instagram or relationships or career or finances or children or or marriages right or 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 victimization like when our world is seeking all those things there is a god that's saying i have decided to dwell among you i have decided to show myself to you in every respect so that what you can see me for who i am this is why he dwells among us. This is why God is with us. And in a real way, he's with the people who are broken. Like, are you, are you searching for hope? There's a God who's near that you can find hope in. Are you searching for peace? There's a God who dwells among us to give you peace. Are, Are you looking for satisfaction? There is a God, his name is Jesus, who can satisfy you, give you all that you ever want, and at the same time, wanting more of him. Like, are you searching for tranquility in your marriage, and your relationships? There's a God who dwells among us who can give you those things, right? Are Are you anxious and fearful about tomorrow, about the world? There is a God who gives peace in the chaos that as you observe this dark world, he lets you know that I am in control. I'm in control of your life and your destiny and you have nothing to fear. I wanna share you with one more verse and I'll I'll be done. John eight. This is what Jesus says. So after a couple of chapters, I jump from Matthew to John. Some of it is similar. This is what Jesus says. This is Jesus' own words. This is what he says in John 8. They showed it in the screen, on the screen. Um, they'll show it on the screen. John 8, 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them. Who is he talking to? Well, he's talking to the religious leaders. He's talking to the crowds that are listening. He's talking to the religious leaders who rejected him, who hated him, who wanted to kill him, who wanted to destroy him. And this is what he says to them and to us and to the people that were there. He says, He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That is what Jesus offers, the light of life. I used this illustration last Sunday, and I'm going to use it again. Um, This is how I likened the dark world that we live in. How many of you in this room have watched um, The Walking Dead? Raise your hand. The TV show? Okay, hey, come on. This is participation. Raise your hand. Yeah, okay. You, you've watched it. Like, essentially, The Walking Dead is this. Um, it's a TV show about zombies. It's a post-apocalyptic world. Everyone's dead. Everyone's a walking zombie. A, 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 um, everyone's a walking zombie, and there's a few people on earth. Well, not a few people, but, you know, there's a groups of people living on earth who are trying to survive who don't want to become zombies. That is the dark world that we live in today. There is the world and our culture, the systems of the world. There are many people who are dead, who do not know that they're dead, who are walking around this world. They're walking around our communities. They're, they're walking around in our neighborhoods. They're in our school systems. They're in our classrooms. They're in our jobs who do not know Jesus. They walk in darkness and are looking for light, but they found the wrong light. And Jesus says, I am the light that I offer them. And the reason why Jesus offers light is because we were sinful. We rejected him. Every day we decide we won't follow him and our sin has corrupted us. But Jesus says, I can give you life. And the only thing you have to do, the only thing you have to do to walk in light, the only thing you have to do to receive the light of life is to believe in Jesus, have faith in Jesus, follow him, pursue him, and forsake all these earthly pleasures that bring us a temporary satisfaction. Now, that doesn't mean that the things in the world that we go after, working and money and family relationships are bad. What we're saying is that if those things have become the better thing in your life, then you're not following Jesus. But if Jesus is the better thing that you pursue, all these other things are insignificant to you, whether you have it or don't. So I offer you this evening, Jesus. I offer you the light of the world. I offer you the light in darkness as you walk around this dark world, and as you evaluate your own life, as you evaluate your own sin, as you evaluate your own pain and hurt and frustration. I'm offering you a person that gives you the peace, that gives you the hope, that gives you a promise of a better future with him. I offer you the light of life. The question is, do you want to walk out here today with the life of light, or you just want to walk out feeling good and go out and live the life you've been living the whole time? One day you're going to have to stand before the Lord and give account to your life. And I pray that you find yourself with with many of us in this room, the ones that hear good and faithful servant come into my rest, eternal rest, peace with Jesus. Let's pray. Why don't you take Just take a couple of seconds, evaluate your own heart. Why don't you ask the question, is Jesus the light in my life? Or have you made other things that false light? And if you have, why don't you, between you and Jesus, between you and the Lord, Talk to him. Tell him that you want him to be your light. Father God, we thank you for the true meaning of Christmas. Thank you that that you are the God who sent your son to die on the cross for our sins, and that we celebrate this evening the birth of your son, God with us, Emmanuel, who dwells among us, who's still with us by his spirit. We ask you, O Lord, that as we As we navigate difficult times, as we navigate this dark world, that we would be reminded that you are the light who shines brightly in our pain, who shines brightly in our hurt, who shines brightly in our obstacles and adversities, who shines brightly in the darkness of our sin and chaos of the world. And that that we can find hope, we can find peace, we can find joy in him. Lord, that we would be reminded tomorrow when we're opening up gifts with family and friends or traveling to the houses, God, that we would keep you focused. That you would be the center of our joy and our contentment. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all say, This has been a message from the chapel. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about the chapel or any of our campuses, including Akron, Green, Wadsworth, Canmore, Cuyahoga Falls, Nordonia, and Medina, please go to our website at thechapel.life.